Hello and welcome along to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV after Leicester City's one-all draw at home with Brighton on Sunday in the Premier League. Uh, we've got four of us on the show today, Ewan Roberts, Tony Cotty and Matt Elliott. So uh, good morning, good afternoon to the three of you. Uh, Matt, when you saw both of these, you thought you could have uh, you could have stayed in bed this morning. Yeah, I thought um, my luck was in. I mean, I had to do double bubble at the game yesterday with uh, tags not turning up till night on kickoff. And I thought you were making amends for it for me, Batesy, but no, it's, it's all four of us having a chat this morning. But it's always good to see the boys, if not so much you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that, Matt. Really needed that. Uh, you and you were with us uh, for the whole show uh, yesterday, weren't you? Uh, you managed to get there on time. What What did you make of it, firstly, and, and how are you, anyway? I'm good, Dan. I'm good, thank you. Um, a bit of a late night watching the NFL last night. Um, I mean, unbelievable games. Uh, going back to yesterday, I thought first half, Considering what happened on Wednesday night against Spurs, I thought it was a good performance. I thought it was a good reaction, um, a positive one. Should have gone in leading the game. You know, created the best opportunity of that first half um, when Harvey Barnes laid the ball through for Adam Oluwakunle, who never really looked convincing that he was going to score. To be fair, but it was a great chance, um, decent save by by Robert Sanchez, but he should never have been allowed to to have made that save. So first half, I, I was I was. I was pleased. Second half started ever so well, as, as we all know. You know, positive on the front foot, closing down, get the goal within seconds of, of coming out. You know, good play from Patson Dacker, putting Webster under pressure. Who he forces the error by doing that. Um, Harvey Barnes is unlucky, but you know, Dacker doing what he does. You know, follows the ball through, and there's any, and as TC will tell you, any centre forward worth is salt. You know, he's there for the rebound, follows things in. And he gets his, his, his just deserves. I mean, for the, for, for the first 10 minutes, I thought Leicester were very good in the second half, but you have to give credit to Brighton for, for their reaction. Um, created good chances. You know, two very good saves from Casper in that, in that second half. Great clearance from, um, from Yuri Tillemans on, on the goal line. Um, can't remember what, who, who, whose chance it was, but it was, a, it was a guaranteed goal had he not been on that near post. Um, and I thought they deserved the point. A point, a point apiece was was a fair reflection on on the game as a whole. Uh, and, and finally, uh, good morning to you, Tony. I feel like it's been a while since we've spoken to you. Obviously, with all these uh, postponed games. Yeah, um, morning, guys. Um, yeah, I was just explaining to you off air as well, Dan. I've had a nose operation, and I've had no sympathy at all from those two. You know, giving me a bit of stick, and you know, it's still swollen and all that. Now, so thanks, boys. <laughs> But um, yeah, no. Uh, um, there's, obviously, there's not been that many Leicester games with all the postponements and uh, with me being out of action for the last couple of weeks. But um, it, it was nice to sort of get back and watch a little bit of football over the weekend. Obviously, didn't see the Leicester game live, um, but I, I caught up with the highlights last night. And you know, it's one of them results that you look at, and you think on paper, you know, is it a poor result drawing at home to Brighton? But you, you've also got to say that Brighton are a decent side this year. It's, you know, it. It's not one of those where they're fighting relegation and you should win easily and get the three points. You know, they was always going to come, give a good performance, which Brighton did, particularly in that second half. They looked very threatening. And um, overall, with the highlights that I saw, like I said, I didn't see it live, but the highlights that I saw, it looked like the draw was a fair result. So, you know, a disappointing end to the week as such. You know, following on, the one game I did see was obviously the Tottenham game earlier in the week, and that was a massive disappointment with the injury time 
fiasco that went on. But, you know, just to get only one point out of two games, you can't really say anything other than it was a disappointing return. You know, if you, in a way, you're better to win one of those games and lose the other one, really. You know, but to just get the one point, and I think that was, I think Brendan and the boys will be a little bit disappointed. As I say, you've got to put in perspective, this is a decent Brighton team this year. They're in the top 10, they're above Leicester. So overall, I think the draw was a fair result. Yeah, what, what did you make of yesterday, Matt? Yeah, I, yeah, pretty much similar to the boys. I think, you know, all things considered, um, yesterday, Leicester weren't unhappy to get, to get the point, really. Although, yeah, it probably suits Brighton more than Leicester. It keeps that gap between themselves and, and the Foxes and, um, you know, continues their sort of unbeaten run. I think, although I think four of the last six have been draws now. Um, but they are a capable outfit, aren't they, Brighton? Uh, they're the sort of team, I think, if you play well, the likes of Leicester and teams above in that top ten, you, know, you fancy yourself to beat them. But if, if you're playing at, let's say, a mediocre level, then they'll make it very difficult for you, as they have done against top teams in the country. Um, Liverpool away, I've had a draw there, and Chelsea a couple of times, similar score lines as yesterday, in the league. Um, so, you know, it shows your calibre of opposition you're up against. And, you know, you can see they play a certain way. They've got a belief in themselves. But, you know, if, if you do get at them, you feel that you can ruffle them up a little bit. And I think Leicester did that in the first half, as best they could, on the back of Wednesday night, as Tony mentioned. You know, but um, it didn't follow it through, basically, did they? And there's been a... You know, a bit of criticism from, I don't know, from supporters and different a- angles saying they, they took the foot off the gas and tactical switches and, you know, a change of emphasis in the game. And while I understand why that might have been, I have to say I agree with them, really. I, I thought Leicester were... I know, I know the game, the tempo of the game or the flow of the game might have changed anyway, but Leicester were, were comfortable enough, you know, playing as they were, just got the goal. OK, Brighton are going to have a little phase at some stage, whatever. They're trying to get back in the game. But we just thought it sort of... The initiative was handed to, to Brighton there. And um, a missed opportunity, as was Wednesday night, but in a different manner yesterday. Yeah, they, they are very... It's different emotions, obviously, Tony, isn't it? From Wednesday to Sunday. I think there's obviously disappointment in both results, but, but it isn't quite the same shock and surprise as as Wednesday was, um, but it is still a, a disappointment as we've touched upon yesterday. Yeah, I, I said that, Dan, you know, you know, it is a disappointing result. You can't dress it up as anything other than that. It's home game. Um, you know, Leicester, uh, as a football club now, are in a position where you don't expect to win every home game. You certainly go into the home games, you know, putting on a good performance for the fans and trying to get the three points. So, yeah, it, you know, it is, it is a disappointment that it was only a draw, but it was important to to bounce back after what went on on Wednesday, you know, and it's all right, it's only a point, but I can I can hear my old manager, Martin O'Neill, going on about every point in the Premier League. It's a massive point, and you never quite know how big or how small that point could be. So, you know, they didn't lose the game. They could easily have lost the game with the chances that Brighton had at the end. So, you know, you've got to take that as a positive. They dug deep and they, they did get the point, and, and it could be a crucial point in the end of the season. Who knows? Um, you know, but it, it was just one of those games, really, where they, they just didn't really kick on. You know, I, I think sometimes you know, we've all been involved in teams and you, you get a goal up and 
you don't mean to do it as a team, but just psychologically, and I don't know whether you relax a little bit and think, oh, well, we're, we're, we're winning the goal, we're one up, you know, we'll, we'll just sort of sit back a little bit, we won't perhaps push forward as much as we should do, whereas really you should do the opposite, really, you should just say, right, we're a goal up, you know, let's, let's try and get that killer second goal, get the game put to bed and push on and of course Leicester never did that so um, yeah disappointing to only get a point but as I say it could be a crucial point coming into the season Yeah you said something similar already this morning and I know you said it yesterday Ewan about the fact that actually in that second half in that final 20 minutes if either side was going to win the game it actually probably was going to be the visitors In the last 30 minutes of the game Dan I, I, I think they they really had the impetus going into that that final half hour. Um, created chances. So they're definitely on the front foot. That they changed formation. That I think Lamptey yeah, had an impact down that right hand side with his pace. Danny Welbeck came on and and he was unlucky with one header. Good save by by Casper. But he was clinical with the the goal that that he scored. And I I, I wasn't looking for excuses, Dan, because you know I, I think it's wrong if you look for excuses. But I, you look at reasons why Brighton in that final 30 minutes, looked at the stronger and fitter side. And I said to, to you yesterday, since, since Leicester have played Liverpool on the 28th of December, they've only played twice. Brighton have played five games in that period. That's a big difference. And I just think the fitness levels of both teams, for obvious reasons for the facts I've, I've just said, I think there was a, a, that was a major difference and a major contribution into why Brighton finished that game the much stronger side. Yeah, I guess that there are two ways to look at that, Ewan. You could say, well, Leicester should be fresher. But it, in some ways, it doesn't work like that as well, that Brighton are the team that have, have got the fitness levels there. And, and, and they're a confident side. You know, TC said it, said it already. They're, they're a different side to what they were last year. They're a different side to what they were two years ago. And I, you look at their away form, Dan, that's only one, one defeat now in 11 Premier League games this season. You know, they've been to Liverpool and drawn. They've been to Chelsea and drawn. They've been to the London Stadium. This, this is a good side. And I can understand what you're saying, that maybe going into this game, having played five games, Brighton or Leicester should be the, 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 the fresher side. But I just don't, I don't think it works like that. It doesn't matter how, how much training you do, how much sort of practice games you have behind closed doors, if, if they still do that uh, in this day and age. You can't beat playing, in my opinion. You can't beat, you know, a, a competitive ninety minutes, and I think that is what that was the difference for me. The, the lads couldn't get hold of the ball. They, they couldn't get the ball up to the likes of Dacker and Harvey Barnes and, and Lookman. Kept not giving it away. I, I think there was some tired bodies out there, especially after the work that they had to put in on Wednesday night in a tough game. In a tough game, and I said to I said to you yesterday, Dan. Injuries are absolutely killing the club at the minute. And it's not an excuse, it's a fact. You know, Jamie Vardy, Johnny Evans, Pavana, Ricardo, Castagna, Ian Acho, Ndidi away on international duty. You know, that, you're talking about top, top players. It's, it's impossible to replace those players I've just mentioned. Yeah, and we'll talk in a little bit of time about the fact that there is a, a bit of a break now until the next, well, certainly the next game anyway against Forest and then even the next Premier League game is a little bit further away we'll, we'll talk about that break and what that might mean for Leicester and um, just going back Tony to what Ewan was saying about the the fitness levels and, and match fitness obviously the three of you played the game so you you know exactly how but for someone who, who hasn't why is it so different 
playing a game and, and getting those fitness levels to playing a 90 minutes in a training match? Well, because it, it's a different level of pace to the game, I think, Danny. You know, with the best will in the world, you put a training session on and, you know, you, you hear a lot of talk nowadays about the trying to do it, the intensity, the, the training of what you would replicate in a, in a match day. Um, but I think that's very difficult to do. And also in training, you, you're perhaps worried a little bit about injuries. You don't want players stealing into each other and taking each other. They've got enough problems, as Ewan's touched on at the moment, in terms of injuries. You don't need any more injuries. So what happens is you, you then are ticking over in training. Now, ticking over in training is fine because it's keeping your fitness levels up, but it's not the same as match sharpness. When you play a game, you get your match fitness and your match sharpness. When you're training, you're at a certain fitness level. When you play the games, you go to that little bit higher level. And that's what Ewan's talking about, the difference. Because if, if you haven't played for a couple of weeks and you know, you, you're just not sharp, as the other team because they've been playing the games. They're, they're, they've got that match fitness there and you're playing a little bit of catch-up. It's not a big difference, Dan, but it can be enough to influence certainly a, a football match, uh, a, a result, and also in terms of what we saw in the last half hour where you, there's no disputing that Brighton were the fitter, stronger team and looked the more likely to score a goal. So, you know, it can be frustrating for the fans because the fans will look as, oh, yeah, because they're training and they're getting paid loads of money and all the things that you would normally naturally hear from supporters. I understand all that. But in terms of training and in terms of playing a game, that's why players would always say, I'd rather play a game. You'd rather play a game because the training is you're, you're training to play the game. So you, you want to be a part of the game. And when you play the game, you get your fitness as an individual and you get your strength as a team as well. So it does make a huge difference. We've seen it many times over the years. You know, in, obviously in the old days, you didn't have COVID, but you had postponements with bad weather, etc. And sometimes teams wouldn't play for two or three weeks. And then you've got other teams that have played through the bad weather and they were getting results. And of course, when the teams come back from the three weeks off, they was losing games. And, and that is the difference. It does make a big difference. There's no doubt about that. One of the players, Matt, that has returned from injury for Leicester is, is Pat Sindaka. Now, that, that is a, a big bonus, having him back, particularly as, given Jamie Vardy's injuries, Ewan's touched upon Ian Acho over uh, the African Cup of Nations, although, as, as we know, Nigeria got knocked out yesterday, so that means, indeed, Ian Acho will return. But Dhaka being in and, and being available for these games has, has been really key. Yeah, he's come back at a very timely and opportune moment, hasn't he? You know, with the, the omissions of... Vardy and uh, Ian Acho for different reasons. But, I mean, on, on the back of what you were just saying there, um, in regards to the injury front, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's probably a relevant point as well. That Some of those players, you're talking about sort of lack of games generally, but also some of those players are still recapturing their match fitness, as Tony says, coming back from injuries as well. So it's not like they were fully fit before the interlude, before the postponements. Um, not all of them, uh, but, you know, a, a, a scattering of players, you know, James Justin, Harvey Barnes to a degree, Pat and Dacca, um, one or two others may be there. You're coming back into the fray and not 100% fit already. So, again, another fact to, con to consider. But, um, yeah, Dacca's... Dacca... Uh, I felt it's not not he not his own fault, but I felt he didn't really get into the game too much. I thought Leicester played quite well in and around him. Barnes was good at times. Madison was good at times. Lookman also. 
You know, they, they buzzed around and threatened, but didn't actually offer him too much service um, in terms of opportunity in front of goal. But when he did get that, that chance, um, you know, it fell to him and he just tucked it away nicely, hasn't he? But it was, uh, yeah, he, he's a good addition, isn't he? You know, without a doubt. He's, he's done better than I thought he would initially. When, I, when he first came in, I thought, should have known better, really. I thought he, he was a little bit raw. And I thought, is he just about sort of pace and gold? But he, he's done fine. Like He's linked up well at times, isn't he? He's, he's a strong boy as well. He, he doesn't mind getting involved in the mix with the centre-halves. And um, obviously got an eye for goal. Times his runs well. Um, when an opportunity finishes, falls to him, you fancy him to finish, didn't you? And that, that's always a good sign. A lot has been made, Ewan, about him being Jamie Vardy's successor and, and the fact that they're, they're similar players. They are very, very similar in, in the way yeah. that they play. And, and Matt, Matt was touching upon, obviously, so there's, there's times when Jamie Vardy isn't in a game for, for 25 minutes, for half an hour, a little bit like Daka yesterday. But when he gets the chance, he scores the goal. Yeah, and neither, neither of them have got a problem of, of playing that lone striker role. Uh, they're confident in doing that. They've got... Both have got great concentration levels because, as you said, they'll go without a touch. They're, they're isolated up there on, on their own. They're not getting the ball played up to them. Uh, they're both exceptionally quick and the strength is those runs in and behind the, the, the two central defenders. But, you know, both are clinical in front of goal. And, you know, you, when you think, probably it, it, it reminds you of a young Jamie Vardy. You know, he's only 23 years of age. He's... he's there was a big question mark whether he'd score in, in the Premier League. and You just have to look at someone's numbers, man, to think it doesn't matter where he plays, he'll score goals. You know, his fourth Premier League goal in nine appearance yesterday, um, nine in 19 in all competitions. You know, you look at his... A lot of those his goal scorers, as well. Yeah, you know, so it's not, it's not started, which he did, I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought he expected to start many games because, you know... He's not going to get in. If Jamie Vardy's fit and, and, and finding all solidness, then he's, he's, not, he's going to be coming off the bench. It's, it's as simple as that. He is one for the future, absolutely. You know, what did he get? 54 league goals in 84, 82 league appearances for uh, Red Bull Salzburg. You know, he's got 83 career goals in 170 appearances. And I don't care what level you're playing at. If, if you've got those types of numbers, you'll score goals. Which of his two finishes in the last week have, have been your favourite, Tony, do you think? Well, I, I like the one yesterday, Dan, I've got to say, because I, I like strikers that are, are alive and, and reactive as well. I, I must admit, I get frustrated watching some strikers nowadays because they switch off at chemo or they'll drift out wide or a cross comes in and they're standing on the far touchline or something and you think, get in the box. You know, the, for, the thing with football, Dan, is... It, it, it will change and develop a little bit over the years, but the basics will always stay in place. And the basics for a centre forward is if you're going to get your goals, if you want to get 20 goals, for example, in a season, you've got to be inside the penalty area because that is where you're going to get 15 of your goals. If you're an exceptional player like Jamie Vardy, you'll get the occasional goal from outside the box, penalties, etc. But your tappings, your bread and butter tappings, they're the ones where you just you, you, you notch that up boom, 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 and you get your, you get your 10 tappings a season then you're looking at getting your 20 goals and you know what I liked about um, uh, Pat Sandaka yesterday with the goal was it just he was alive and he followed up and he was anticipating that the ball was going to land at his feet 
And that's half the battle, to be ready for the ball. Because when the goalkeeper makes the save, again, you sometimes, the goalkeepers make the save and then the player reacts. But you could see, he was waiting. He, he's thinking, he's going to palm it out to me. And when he does, head over it, get your, get your knee over it, and get, get through it, which he did, and he followed up. And So I like that aspect to, to what he did yesterday in terms of the goal scoring. Um, he's one for the future. There's no doubt about it. And you know, and I think the question has been asked for the last five, six years: How do you replace Jamie yeah. Vardy? Well, I think they've got the replacement there. Um, he needs to develop. He's still only young. He, he, he's lucky because Jamie's still at the club. You've got Ian Acho as well, so they can bed him in. And Brendan, Brendan's fantastic, isn't he? At like looking after players and dropping them in, taking them out, playing them at the right time, which is what he will do. He'll look after him. I think the biggest concern for me will be whether Paxson is happy to sort of be a squad player over the next one, two seasons, whatever it might be. You know, when Jamie says, right, that's it, I'm abdicating, I'm taking the crown off, I'm going to pass it over, you've got a ready-made replacement. It's not just his goals as well, Dan. It's his overall forward play. It's his link-up play. It's the fact he plays on the shoulder. You know, um, Kelechi's a different type of player. He likes to wander in and come in, play between the midfield and the forwards. Also a good finisher. But what I like about Paxson, he's on that last defender. And Matt will tell you as a defender, you do not want someone on your shoulder. You don't want someone looking to get in behind you. That's what he does. That's what Jamie Vardy's done. And I, I think, you know, it's, it's exciting to think that Leicester might well have found, you know, the, the next Jamie Vardy as such. The, the, the fans have clearly taken to him as well, Matt, haven't they, Paxson Dacker? Yeah, he's been a nice, amiable, sort of friendly manner about himself as well. Not that that's part of uh, an important part of a striker's makeup, but yeah, he, he, you know, people warm to him, don't they? I think anyway, and they want him to do well. And obviously, you know, reasonably big money signing coming in, and supporters, yeah, are looking and giving him that backing uh, to do as best he can. And he hasn't disappointed, has he? You know. I, it must be uh, quite daunting for him to come into the environment, you know, behind Jamie Vardy, who's a Premier League legend, basically, isn't he? Never mind Leicester City legend. And, um, you know, <laughs> you can be slightly overawed by it, but by, uh, accordingly, apparently, uh, Jamie Vardy has you know, helped him along. He, he's been in touch with him and, you know, given a bit of the personal touch and made him feel at home, etc. Brendan Rodgers as well, as Tony says, and you know, saw the, the rest of the squad, and he, he's fitted in really, really smoothly, hasn't he? And you know, probably operating ahead of uh, expectations at the moment. As we mentioned already, uh, one for the future, but he's not doing too bad right now. Uh, you know, when, when he gets his opportunities, and he can play. Yes, he's sort of second choice uh, or backup. Um, to Vardy in particular, but he, you know, he sort of forged himself ahead of you know, different types of players, as Tony mentioned there. But he was getting in the team, <clears throat> excuse me, ahead of Galecci and Acho, um, playing a you know, slightly different role. But that's who Brendan was opting for. And you know, we all know Galecci's goal record of late and the way that he's played. But uh, you know, he can play in a, in a dual striker setup as well. You know, him and I think there was at least one game, wasn't there, where him and Vardy were, were the options. And uh, there's two. Liverpool away in the cup, they linked up really well. Of course, yeah, 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 exactly. And again, there's another missed opportunity. But uh, 
we won't deliberate that, those points. But but no, that, you know, as a defensive unit, you wouldn't want to come up against Vardy and Dakar, that's for sure. So it might not always be a case of, you know, Vardy's fit, he's on the bench. At times they might operate together, but he's, um, yeah, he's a handful. As Tony says there, one thing <clears throat> as a centre-half, you know, particularly me, because I was slower than the average bear boo-boo, I'm afraid. <laughs> Going up against, you know, it's always, oh, it's always makes you fearful. Regard, even if they're, you know, clod uppers or from the lower leagues, it doesn't matter if you've got pace, it's a problem. Um, but Dakar also, also, he's clever, he's intelligent with the runs, like you're saying, playing off the shoulder. Uh, they're probably the best two exponents of that for me that I played against. Andy Cole, Ruud van Nistelrooy, the two of them, both Man United players, primarily, obviously. But I swear, van Nistelrooy spent 90% of his game offside. And you're just thinking, where is he now? Where are you constantly looking around? He's, he's offside, but at the vital moment, he just drops in that half a yard, and he's onside, makes the run, and you're in trouble. And uh, Dakar's not totally like that, but more like Cole, probably, in his movement, but constantly on the back of defenders. And it's, you know, the likes of Tillemans, Madison, and others, <laughs> would have a field day going down the line. Uh, one other point on that goal yesterday, Tony. You spoke about him being ready and alive to the situation and, and proactive rather than reactive. This was, what, 25 seconds after the, the start of the second half? So you could almost forgive him for not being proactive because it's you're still betting into the second half. Yeah, I mean, we, we've discussed many times, Dan, haven't we, about um, teams switching off, switching on, whatever the case might be. And, you know, credit to Leicester. They'd obviously had their team talk from Brendan and he, he got the boys fired up. They'd get the ball down in the corner. And, and again, you, you know, it, it would have been easy just, to, as I said, you just sort of, you know, you do your little bit of pressuring down in the corner and, and then you, think, you switch off and then you think, oh, yeah, and then you watch the attack develop. Um, and, and then the chance comes and you're not there. So, you know, he deserves great credit for that. He was switched on. The Leicester boys were switched on. It was a wonderful start to the second half. Um, you know, Brighton, perhaps you could say, were a bit, little bit sleepy, but that's their fault. And, and Leicester took full advantage of that. But, you know, it, when, you, when you do kick off, it's like when you... We always talk about when, you, when you've scored a goal, you're always susceptible to conceding a goal because you switch off. It's a mental thing when you switch off. And at, at the start of the second half, it, it happens. We've all been involved in teams where you, you know, you switch off and then all of a sudden you're a goal behind for, you know, because you haven't concentrated at the start of the second half. And it works the other way as well. Obviously for Leicester, they have switched on and they've got the goal. And, um, you know, as I said, it was just a shame they didn't build on that and get that, that killer second goal. Um, but, you know, it was a definitely a really good start to the, to the second half just before the break as well, you and you talked about it a little bit earlier that the Adamola Lukma chance is a very big chance, isn't it, in, in the grand scheme of things? I think there's a big difference, Dan. Having played played well in that first half, looked comfortable. You know, I, I, yeah, Brighton had a bit of the ball in and around the, the Leicester penalty area, but never really, you know, tested Casper Schmeichel in in the goal. I thought Leicester in that first half defended well, but yeah, there was a big chance. It could have been a big turning point in the game because if you think, and you've just mentioned it, 20, 25 seconds after, after the break, they, they scored again. You know, can you can imagine if Lookman had scored that? And he, and he shouldn't have scored, let's be honest. It's a great chance. 
and Marty sort of alluded to it yesterday, the keeper was sort of inviting him to, to put the ball to his left-hand side because there was a big gap. And that's the difference. That is the difference. That chance, if that chance lands at Dakar's feet in, at the end of that first half, Leicester win 1-0. You know, I wouldn't say Luckman is a, is a natural finisher. Um, I don't think he's got the composure of the likes of Pat Sandaka and, 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 and Jamie Vardy. But it's a big difference. You're going in at 1-0, having played well. Big difference, 1-0 to 0-0. To, to nil, nil. And, and as I said, then you come out from the start of that second half, you get that second goal. I know it might not have happened, but that's how it panned out. You know, you're 2-0 up with 40 minutes to go. You, you, you put yourselves in a great position, but it, it was a, a guilt-edge chance that he missed. And then Leicester didn't really have many chances, Matt, did they, after the, the Pats and Dakar goal in that second half? No, which was disappointing, really. Uh, you, you were just saying there about the Lookman chance. I mean, we, the way the game went yesterday, I, I, you'd like to think they would have, but would Leicester have started the second half if they had that 1-0 advantage as, as aggressively as they did? Um, like I say, you would like to think yes, but I'm not so sure what the actual answer is. Because, you know, on the evidence that we saw yesterday, it was... I don't think it was necessarily as intentional, intentionally stark as it seemed, but, you know, there, there was almost, of course, they were still trying to sort of play on the counter when they could. But after scoring that goal, there was sort of a five-minute period where things settled down a bit. And then, then it was sort of, right, OK, we've got this lead and let's look after it rather than let's extend it. And I think that's always dangerous. And, you know, again, I don't know whether it's intentional. I think it's something that Brighton do quite regularly, which is part of the reason we spoke about it before the game yesterday, why they've got so many draws in this, this campaign and in seasons gone by. You know, they're a capable outfit, but they're not cutthroat. Um, you know, they struggle a little bit on the goal front. And I, I think Leicester were guilty of it a bit yesterday. I mean, you know, it's, it's quite clear... To make that point, really, with you know the tactical switch that Brendan Rodgers made, you know, putting the five in at the back, and it was a five, more than a three, was it? And then three in midfield, and it just got overrun a little bit out, you know, out wide midfield areas, and Lamptey came on, caused problems, etc. And Welbeck, of course, as well. You know, it was a bit more of a presence up there, a bit more cutting edge to their attacking play, but Leicester. I don't know, Leicester struggled to, to, to make any headway, really, didn't they? You know, it, I think it was partially because they were thinking, right, we've got the lead, let's try and protect it. There's two ways of looking at it. Leicester's strength is going forward most of the season. It has been. We've spoken about the goals that they've scored. That's not a problem, sorting out the defence. So you can semi-understand, you know, making the change, thinking, right, we've got the lead, we'll maybe still be a threat, need to shore things up in, in terms of numbers at the back but it had, it had a bit of an adverse effect on this occasion sometimes it's worked maybe it was a little bit early maybe a little bit early in the game but um, you know regardless of the system Leicester were unable to sort of get any rhythm about their play were they you know which they have done before when they've changed to a five you can understand the thinking you're in behind it because Brendan Rodgers has, has done that a lot and it's it's often worked and 
but it is just frustrating looking back, knowing how it ended up ending, if you know what I mean. But at the, at the time, it was an understandable change. And I, I, I don't think the change of system was the reason that, that Leicester dropped two points from a winning position. I just don't think they kept the ball as well as what they're capable of doing. Yeah. You look at the midfield, James Madison never got on the ball. You know, Tillemans didn't get on the ball in the last 30, 35 minutes. You know, never got the ball to Harvey Barnes. Never got the ball out to Adam Luckman, which means, you know, if you're getting balls further forward, it means as a team you can squeeze up towards the halfway line. They were, they were camped in their own half for far too long in that last half hour. And, you know, I don't know what it was, but the, the, the rhythm, the passing, things that Leicester are very, very good at, that, that just weren't there. Yeah, and it was a... That, that probably is, is the disappointment that we've been speaking about, Tony, as well. You, you look at it on the face of it, yet one all at home to Brighton. You want to be winning those types of games, but it's more the, the context of particularly that last half an hour that, that's probably the most frustrating and disappointing aspect. Yeah, I think Brendan will be disappointed with that. But, um, you know, I saw his interview that he'd done for Match of the Day and, um, and Brendan was very honest, as he always is. And, and we're, we're pretty much at the halfway stage of the season and just 20 games played for Leicester. And, and Brendan said, we're where we deserve to be. And if you sort of analyse Leicester's season, you know, it's been, it's been such a, a mixed bag, hasn't it? Some really good results, some poor results. But everything's been dictated by the injuries because... That has been the biggest problem. You can't get away from that. And, you know, any any team in the Premier League, you take two or three top players out of any team. You know, I, I mentioned it before, Liverpool two years ago, defending their title, and that, you know, they, they lose their two centre-halves and they're nowhere near it. And that was two players for Liverpool, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the country. So for Leicester to have to deal with all these injuries, they're where they deserve to be at the moment. They're in 10th position. Yes, there's a little gap to Brighton. And that's the frustrating thing about not winning the game because if you win the game you know Brighton come to, back towards you you get a couple of extra points and there's not a lot in it but they've kept that four point gap but I, I think Leicester are where they deserve to be at the moment not through any fault of their own but purely because of the injuries and, and that's something to build on going forward you know the, the carrot's still there there's not a lot of difference in terms of the points you can go on a run win two or three games on the trot you get players back and then all of a sudden you're looking to push on Europa League and who knows that fourth position in the Champions League, no one seems to fancy taking control of that position either at the moment. So, you know, I think it's still there for Leicester. They just need to get the players back and they need to get a few more positive results. The break is going to do them the world of good. I know you said we're going to speak about them, but I think for, if any club needs a break at the moment, it's probably Leicester. Lovely segue, Tony. You've done my job for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, the, the 10th of February is Leicester's next Premier League game, uh, Tony. Obviously, before that is is the small matter of playing Nottingham Forest away in, in the FA Cup. But it is at least now, what, two weeks until that FA Cup game. Two weeks and three or four days until the next Premier League game. So it's, it is a nice break now, which is, is desperately needed, not just for the players that have been playing, but for those returning as well. Well, there's a lot of players that have played a lot of games. So you would look at those players and you would say, you know, I'm sure Brendan will, we all, he'll say like... Always go, you know, if you can, if it's possible, we all know it's difficult times to travel at the moment, but you might say, go away for four or five days or <clears throat> just have four or five days where you don't go into the training ground or, you know, go spend some time with your family, whatever it might be. The ones that have played a lot of games, they probably need a rest because they've been doing incredible shifts for the football club. You've then got the ones that are coming back from injury. They, they need to be at the training ground. They need to be recuperating, getting themselves better, you know, doing extra work and trying to get fit. 
But the break, it's good timing for the break. Um, hopefully they can get a few of the bodies back, get the boys back from the African Nations Cup. And then you then look at what you've got ready to go in two weeks' time. We all know how, we've spoke about it. We know how tough that game's going to be, especially with Leicester being the holders. It's going to be an intimidating atmosphere. They need to put out a really, really strong team against Forest. You then get another, I think it's another week or maybe eight days before you get the next Premier League game. So, you know, it, that, that's all good news for Leicester. But you then get to the scenario, well, I suppose everyone's in the same boat because everyone's going to have two weeks off. So it's not what we were saying before, where teams are playing and Leicester aren't. We're now talking about, you know, a blanket two weeks where everyone's got a rest, everyone's got to recover. I, I'm a big fan of it, Dan. I know there was a lot of talk about the mid-season break. And I think the only question mark is when, when do you do a mid-season break? You know, should it be over Christmas, New Year? No, because we love those fixtures. Should it be the first two weeks of January? Maybe, I don't know. But obviously, this is a later break, but this will work in Leicester's favour. I've no doubt about that. I'm sure you'd have enjoyed the, the, the winter break, Matt, wouldn't you? When you were playing, you'd have jetted off somewhere? <laughs> possibly, possibly. Yeah, I might jet off somewhere these days. Although Skegness is a bit cold these, this time of year, and it's all I can afford these days. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I... I don't know if I like the winter break. I suppose you would, yeah, in truth. You'd nip off somewhere, couldn't you? Somewhere nice and warm. But um, like, like Tony's saying, really, it sort of, it sort of prolongs the, the season anyway, doesn't it? You, you, you do look forward to the end of the season as a player. It's weird, because you, but you like the games as well. You know, you want to, want to be playing, not training all the time. Um, you know, if you have that little break... It will serve Leicester well now, of course, without a doubt. It's come at a very good time. But it, it, it can work, sort of, I don't know, adversely down the line because maybe you know, it's more condensed towards the end of the season because of the break and then you go into international tournaments, etc. And the break, you know, it's relentless. One way or another, you're playing a lot of games, aren't you? Whether you have the break or not, to be fair. But this has particularly come at a good time, isn't it? Recouping... Players from the African nations coming back, I'd like say. I'm not sure if anyone else is imminently due back on the injury front. Um, perhaps one or two players within that two-week period. But uh, can't enjoy yourselves too much on any sort of break because that game against Forest is massive. Massive. Loads of people, you know, talking and buzzing about it. I was going to say already, they've been doing it for a week or two, week, week or so. You know, they're really looking forward to the picture that... The, the balls come out the out the bag <laughs> unbelievably, didn't they? And uh, that's set up nicely. And good incentive, really, I think, for the players as well to sort of target that and be mindful. If they do have a few days off, it'll still be in the back of their mind. They'll be focused already, looking forward to that. Yeah, I think there were mixed emotions looking at the, the African Cup of Nations result last night, you and from a, a Leicester point of view, I was looking at, at social media, some Leicester fans, they, they were... They were disappointed for Kalecha, Ian Atro and Wilfred Ndidi. Because were, they were they? Are you sure? Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> on, you, you want to see them be happy and, and do well because they're, they're, they're playing for your team. But to get them back, and they will be back now, it is, is a massive bonus. But again, obviously, we are disappointed that they weren't able to go further with Nigeria. Yeah, if you, you like to see lads that, that play at your club do well at international level. Uh, but you are talking, you know, two extra bodies, you know, indeed, he goes straight into the starting eleven. In, in my opinion, it's been a 
a different season for Coletti this season. He's been in and out, hasn't had the opportunities that we thought he uh, he would do after you know finishing top scorer in all competitions last season. But this is a massive month. February is a massive month for, for the football club, Dan. I think it's a pivotal month. Uh, you look, I think it's the busiest month of the calendar football calendar season for Leicester City. I think they've got seven games in all, you know, FA Cup. You look at the league games they've got coming up, Liverpool, West Ham, Wolves, Leeds, Arsenal. You know, four of their next five league games are against teams in the, in, in the top four. So, top four, top five. So, there's some tough games. Going on. Obviously, they've got the first leg of the Europa Conference League, is it, against yeah. Landers? So, it's a, it's a massively important month for, for the football club. Uh, there's a nice special guest as well during that answer, Ewan, in the background. Oh, she, yeah, she's getting her breakfast. Is that why you're smiling? <laughs> yeah, she's starving, she's starving, bless her. <laughs> um, yeah, that, it, it's going to be a big month, isn't it, February? Again, Tony, which is why probably this, this week, this break is so important leading into that, what is going to be a, a, a very busy and, and tough month. Yeah, I think Matt made a good point. It's all right having the break, but then it does condense things, doesn't it? And then you end up cramming games in, but... Um... You can't have it both ways. You can't. You can't say I want to be successful and be a part of a, a big football club and, and not play more games. Because if you are successful, you're playing in Europe, and as soon as you start playing in Europe, you've got more games. And we had all the group phase before Christmas. <coughs> I know Leicester knocked out the Europa League, but they're, they're still in that Conference League. And if you're in that competition, you, you, you want to you want to go and win a cup. There's no point if, you, if you're not going to. You don't want to win the cup. There's no point in even turning up for the for the two games. You might as well have a go for it. I'm sure Brendan will. Yeah, he might sort of put a few of the squad players out for that. But there is going to be a lot of games in February, a lot of tough games, as you were mentioned there. So, you know, they need the break. They need to get the players back. But, you know, hopefully the injuries will start to just ease off a little bit and then Leicester can look forward to what's going to be a, a big month for the football club. And, you know, and hopefully come the end of February, they're still in, certainly still in the FA Cup because we all want that, especially with them playing Forest. And then you can then start to look forward to the European games off the back of some big Premier League games. Yeah, an interesting point that Tony's making, Matt, about the, the Conference League because, obviously... It's a chance for Leicester if they win the competition, they'll be in next season's Europa League. And the way things are going in the league, I'm not saying they're not going to finish sixth or seventh, but the way things are going at the moment, that that would be a great opportunity to to get into the Europa League this season. Yeah, it, it's uh, dare I say it's looking Leicester's most likely route maybe for Europa League at present, but things can change quickly. Um, you know, again. The injury front it has been catastrophic, really. So you would, you know, I don't think it's any guarantees, but I think you would expect Leicester to finish stronger than they've um, they've started for sure. You know, over the course of the next what eighteen games or so, it doesn't sound that many, but a lot can a lot can happen within that sort of period. And I think um, obviously there's a lot of other games to consider as well. You know, we're in the Conference League. I think it's, it's going to be a bit of a juggling act um, for Brendan in terms of personnel, but depending on who they come up against, you would think that Leicester could chop and change a little bit because they do have you know depth and a, a, more than a certain amount of quality in the squad to cope with the level of opposition that they're going to be up against and still proceed. So, uh, yeah, it, it, 
difficult sort of aspect of the job, uh, the manager stroke head coach, but you'd like to think, you know, if Leicester gets somewhere near or somewhere close to a fully fit squad, they'll be able to finish the fit season strongly. Who knows in the FA Cup? Um, got to get through the next tie first, which is obviously going to be difficult. But then and go on, you know, and excel in, in the conference. It, it's, uh, it's a bit of a new challenge and it's not ideal. We know that. But I think it deserves serious attention. Uh, any other results turning uh, across the weekend that caught your eye? Well, there was a couple of results, Dan. Yeah, I, I know you asked me that, so I was thinking about sort of the, the, the big games of the weekend and probably not the ones that would normally stand out. But I, I felt in terms of what's going to happen managerial-wise, I think there was a big result at Watford uh, on Friday night because um, I, I think we will find and we don't like to see managers losing their jobs and leaving their jobs. But obviously, big connection with Leicester, but I'd be very surprised if Claudio Ranieri is still in charge. Their next game, Watford is away at West Ham. And uh, I think after that result, especially losing at home to Norwich, he's under big pressure. I think they've, they've lost 10 out of 13 or whatever it is since he's been in control. And you just seem to, the, the vibes and the, the newspapers this morning speculating. So I wouldn't be surprised if Claudio unfortunately loses his job over the next couple of weeks. And the other game that I did watch, um, which was the early kickoff on Saturday, was the Everton game as well, Dan. Obviously, uh, you know, a vested interest for me there. And, and, you know, Everton were disappointing again, another home defeat. And they are slowly getting sucked into a relegation fight. So they need to make an appointment in terms of their manager. They, you know, I don't know who they're going to go for. I think Wayne Rooney's been linked with the job and, and also Frank Lampard as well. So obviously two wonderful footballers, you know, particularly with Wayne and with his connection with Everton. So I think that possibly would be a good appointment. But that's a big job. It's a massive club. And you're going into a club that is, you know, they, they keep losing games. They've got a decent squad of players, but they need to get results. So I think those two results for me were the two sort of big games in terms of managerial um, sort of merry-go-round that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. And a quick word, we can't mention that Watford-Norwich game without mentioning the, the goal from Josh Sargent. How good was it, Tony? Oh, it's a brilliant goal, yeah. It's, it's one of those goals and you, 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 when it first happens, you think, oh, oh, that looks a bit lucky, but... If you look at the skill he's done to do it, the little flick, it's behind him. It was probably the only thing he could do to get the ball into the net. It was a, it was a wonderful goal. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a good young kid. I'm sure you would know a lot more about him than myself. But he looks a really good prospect in that. And that was a really good finish. Uh, anything else that, that caught your eye, Ewan, uh, across the weekend? Um, like TC's mentioned about the relegation battle there. Um, and Everton being dragged into it. I think you can add Leeds into that as well after Newcastle going to Ellen Road and coming back with a with a great win. And I noticed uh, Newcastle have flown off to Saudi Arabia for a bit of warm weather training um, over the over the weekend. I think we have to give credit to Southampton, you know, bringing that Manchester City fantastic run to an end with a really good one-one draw down at St Mary's. But like TC, the one that probably stands out mainly for me is two of my former teams. Um, go up, going at it on Friday night, and uh, fantastic win for for, for Norwich City. Uh, finally, then Matt. Well, you haven't left. Not me got a many lot. left. I was going to say, you've not got many left. <laughs> but to be fair, I mean the most. Well, the one obvious one, really, not that it has a massive bearing, but uh, it was, uh, the Chelsea game yesterday against Tottenham. I think you know Tottenham were uh, pretty impressive, really. I thought against 
Leicester in the week. Yeah, Leicester did pretty well to get in the situation they were in. But obviously, things fell apart. But you know, I thought what was evident is that obviously Harry Kane quality, but but to be a Tottenham player, you know, it doesn't happen easily. Like they're good good players. <laughs> Good outfit. They're, not, like, they're better than they're given credit for. You know, people like to sort of ridicule them because they've had a bit of a dodgy time of late. But um, it's, it's, well, before Conte came in, but eight games unbeaten was it? Uh, to go up against Chelsea, who was supposedly struggling a little bit for form. I thought Chelsea looked really powerful. <laughs> looks, you know, just quality everywhere you looked, and experience quality as well. And it was they, they looked to be back on track. Um, Probably, probably not going to concern Man City too much, but you know, people were thinking about Chelsea need to look over their shoulders for the likes of West Ham, Tottenham, etc. Perhaps pinching third spot, never mind fourth spot. But I don't think that's going to happen. They looked like they were back in some sort of rhythm. They had an edge about the game. The quality for the first goal was, was unbelievable, wasn't it? There, but um, there was an intensity about their play. They looked like they're back on song now, Chelsea, to me. Uh, right, we'll go and do our uh, football Jenga then to end the show. Uh, I do have to make a public apology, Ewan, don't I? Were you waiting for you, it this whole time? You, uh, well, I thought you might have come out with it at the beginning of the programme, Dan, but I'll, I'll let you say what you've got to say. I, I was tempted to, Ewan, but then I thought I'll save it for, for football Jenga at the end. Um, so my public apology is, is to Ewan Roberts. A couple of weeks ago, it was uh, Ewan, Tony, Jerry uh, went head-to-head. Uh, the theme was the two squads that played in the FA Cup final, Chelsea against Leicester. Uh, Tony went out pretty early on, didn't you, Tony? As usual. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he got four, didn't he? So. <laughs> yeah. And then it was, uh, it was Jerry and Ewan were head-to-head, and they were going for a, a long time, to be fair. Uh, Ewan said Timo Werner, and I said, no, he wasn't, because I, uh, I wrote that down wrong. Um, oh. did play. So Jerry ended up winning. Um, and obviously gave it the boom and everything like that. So Ewan had to sit through all of that. And then afterwards, I thought, I think Timo Vernon did play. So I went on a look, immediately apologised to you and said, I'd do a public one. So here you are. It's a big man to apologise. It takes a big man to apologise when he's got it wrong. Especially considering Ewan was about four wins in a row as well up until oh, well, that. That, but... that would have been my fourth, mate. That would have been yeah. my fourth time had you not well, robbed me of it. Well, the record books unfortunately state that Jerry won that one. <laughs> There'll be an asterisk. There'll by be default. an asterisk by the side of it. <laughs> Do you think you'd have done him, Ewan, in the end? No, I don't think I would have, to be honest with you. You I, didn't I mean, any left. I plucked. Werner out the out of thin air to be fair, and he would have been my because we we've gone on it gone at it a while. We've we've mentioned a few players, and I think Tags had another couple in, he, under his belt. Did, to be honest he, with you, in fairness, he did say he had a couple more, but it would have been interesting. Anyway. You'll get back to winning ways today, you, and don't worry about that. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wants to null and void it, you, and that's what you had said after that one. Uh, right, okay. So the theme today is Good, TC TC. We got to work together on this one, mate. I know, man. I know. <laughs> Um, any of the teams in England's top four divisions that won a game over the weekend. So oh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> any of the teams in the Premier League Championship, League One, League Two, uh, that won a game. Uh, my money is is heavily edged on you and Roberts here again, but we're judging, only judging from Tony and Matt's reaction there. Hang uh, on, but we'll see. let me make a phone call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm putting some money on you as well. Hang on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, okay. Uh, Matt, you can 
kick us off then, please? <laughs> Can I? Yes, please. Can you think of one? <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Tony, please. Man United. Norwich City. Um. <laughs> it was. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, okay. Not Forest. Yeah, good. Good Derby. Good guess. Yeah. Good Derby, yeah. No, I knew they'd be Derby. I've sunk to the championship already. <laughs> uh, Villa. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Fulham. Newcastle. Bristol City. Good chat, good chat. I was there, I was there, that's why. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Oxford, United. I haven't said Liverpool, mate. I haven't said no. Liverpool, that's that. Yeah. Birmingham City. Oh, good shout, good shout. I do know these ones. We're guessing now, Matt, you know we are, so just pluck a guess, Matt. We are a bit, aren't we? <laughs> Bournemouth. <laughs> No, they lost. Oh. I won't say who they lost to, but they did lose. Right. No. They lost to Hull. Um, I must admit, I didn't pay too much attention to the results in the lower divisions at the weekend. I, but I think, I think Huddersfield had a high-scoring away win against someone. I can't great remember. Shout. Reading, oh, yeah, great please. shout, Reading, yeah, great shout, TC. Oh, look, he knows the opposition and everything. <laughs> no, no, just quit now, mate. Uh, keep me up. Yeah, big Coventry. Struggling now. Uh, let's have a guess. Uh, Wickham. No. Uh, they lost no. to Lincoln. Yeah. I'm guessing, oh, Matt. Could... I was always guessing. Go on, you You've and get one right, you. Uh, to win it. Uh, Swansea City. Yeah. All the Welsh ones, look. Hey, see <laughs> Well done, you. And I think you're always going to win that one. To be fair, Tony, you, you lasted longer this time, didn't you? I did. Than, I did. Than last, than last week, so that was good. Hey, that's, that's like a model victory, TC. What's that, that man? One side. What's that, you? It's like a moral victory, mate. You get in as far as you did today. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I knew that you'd make up for the, with the victory today. I was confident it was against me and Matt that it was always going to be a new and wrong victory. Yeah, we, we couldn't have to cover out there, Tony, could we? <laughs> yeah, even if you'd literally done like Tony, Ewan, Matt, Ewan, like if, if Ewan had done two for each one, yeah. you'd have done, I still. He was always going to win. Oh, is that right, mate? Is it? Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hull City won at Bournemouth. That's who you uh, who you said there, Matt. The other teams that won: Blackpool, Bolton, Cambridge, Charlton, Colchester, Doncaster, Exeter, Forest Green, Rovers, Harrogate, Hull, Ipswich, Lincoln, Mansfield, Sunderland, yep, Morecambe, Newport, Rotherham, Sheffield United, Tramere, West Brom, and Wigan. So there was a few that you missed out, but you also got about around about half of them. So. A few. A few. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice to you, Matt. A few dozen. <laughs> he was struggling. He was struggling after the first round. He was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
when Matt, Matt went into the championship guessing after about a guess number two, so I thought we were always going to be struggling. Um, all right, well, you're back to winning ways anyway. You In, in your yeah, mind, yeah. you can be five in a row. Um, well, I am, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, thanks to, uh, to Tony Cotty, to you and to Matt. We've got a couple of weeks off, of course, uh, before that game with uh, Nottingham Forest. Um, it's a four o'clock kickoff, which is where Jerry, I think, got his confusion at the weekend. Uh, four o'clock kickoff against Nottingham Forest a week on Sunday. So do join us uh, for Match Day Live for that massive FA Cup game at half two. But cheers again, gents. 